Wherever cancer is, Hancock Health will fight. In any part of you and in all corners of East Central Indiana. From Indianapolis to Greenfield to Knightstown to Greensburg. From hospital rooms to family rooms, we fight. With technology and medicine. With care backed by the wisdom of Mayo Clinic. For you, for your family, and for your future in Decatur County. We fight cancer here. HancockHealth.org slash cancer. Good morning. It is Thursday, September 7th. It's five minutes after 10. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. We appreciate you joining us this morning. His name is Rob Kendall. My name is Casey Daniels, and we're both on YouTube right now. If you type in Kendall and Casey into the YouTube search bar, hey, big announcement. You know, uh, Night with WIBC? Yes. Sold out. Wait, what? Sold out, Can baby. You, wait, 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 wait. You're telling me mm-hmm. a Night with WIBC mm-hmm. is sold out. Yeah, that's what I said. Now, that's so weird, Casey, because yeah. we are told all the time, especially from the uh, overachievers down the street from us at 200 West Washington. Mm -hmm. No one listens to your show. You have no influence. (laughs) No one wants to be around you. But you're saying people are paying money Mm -hmm. to hang out with us. Yeah. To the point we sold out, and this is the fourth year in a row we sold well, out. Well, I don't know if they're paying money to hang out with you. I've been told that they're paying money to hang out with Tony Katz. <laughs> uh, we should, uh, maybe we'll do that during a night with WIBC. How many people, and when we go out on stage. We'll get a vote. Yeah, we'll have a show of hands in uh-huh. the audience. Uh-huh. And uh, we'll we'll actually put that to the. Uh, Let's be honest. We all know they're coming to see Hammer and Nigel. Absolutely. <laughs> As they should. Um, but yes, we want to thank everybody who has uh, once again purchased tickets we will do our best to not let you down mm-hmm. it'll be a night of fun and frivolity uh kev will be there accepting mm-hmm. all the free drinks you can sling his way uh, <laughs> our goal because we always incorporate kev into the show yeah last year kev was actually the star if you recall we did uh hate mail yeah and kev read the hate mail he did a great it was job a big deal oh it was great kev was the best part of the whole show sweet mm-hmm. innocent kevin mm-hmm. reading just vicious vile hate mail and so we will be incorporating kev into the show again this year and i think we should get kev as sloshed as we possibly can and then roll him out on stage <laughs> see if he can but rob i can't even walk it'll be fine kev yeah, go look like joe biden go yeah it's gonna be pretty wild in the green room <laughs> yeah we're used to it hey let's talk about what's going on with donald trump legal scholars are seeking to keep him off the 24 ballot in several states. They're arguing his link to the uh, January 6th situation disqualifies him from running for re-election even if he is not convicted of a crime. Now, these legal experts are citing Section 3 of the 14th Amendment. And uh, the provision, it's meant to keep anybody who participated in that event from ever holding office again. Donald Trump should simply not talk to anyone. And I know I'm realizing you might as well say, Rob, we should simply just land humans on Mars and let them roam around and colonize the place. Like, Mm -hmm. it's just not possible. So I realize what I'm saying is not possible. Donald Trump is incapable of not talking. And I say this because every time Trump talks, especially, especially in an interview format, if you want to keep doing the rallies, that's somewhat harmless engagement because he's such a weeble wobble and you know all over the place and look a squirrel that he just ping pongs around but when he does interviews he will do interviews with people who are not always even if they're not anti-trump they're not they want to get something out of him not to make himself look better trump yeah like and and he just 
I've never thought, other than the interview he did with me. Of course, which, which was a great dream. His words, not mine, Casey. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I I just asked the questions. Yeah. Uh, he also, you left off, and I know you didn't do this intentionally, uh, that it was terrific. Oh. And he wished every interview could be just like yes. this. And I know yes. you didn't do that intentionally. No, I know of you were not, not mean, meaning to in any way besmirch the magic of the moment that we had together. Uh, <laughs> but my point is, I've never felt that Trump does well in interviews because part of Trump, a big part of Trump, is the salesman. And the salesman needs an uninterrupted platform by which to sell you the product. Like you think of the elixir salesman back in the heyday. Yeah, it was complete bullcrap, but they were on the stage. They were above everyone else. You, sir, look like you need fill in the blank. Why step right up? Mm -hmm. There was no person counteracting the elixir salesman telling someone to step right up. And that is Trump. He is the step right up guy. But when someone's pushing back, step right up doesn't work. Okay, so he's facing 91 charges across four jurisdictions, four federal felony charges in D.C., 40 federal felony felony charges in Florida, 13 state felony charges in Georgia, and 34 state felony charges in Manhattan. And guess what? In one of those, he says he's going to testify in his own defense. Yeah, so he went on with Hugh Hewitt yesterday, and uh, look, we're going to play it for you, and you can decide if you think this is a benefit to him or not. I think it's just ridiculous, but I'll leave it up to you. If you have to go to trial, will you testify in your own defense? Oh, yes, absolutely. You'll so, take well, the stand. That I would. That I look forward to because that's just like Russia, Russia, Russia. That's all the fake information from Russia, Russia, Russia. Remember when the dossier came out and everyone said, "Oh, that's so terrible, that's so terrible," and then it turned out to be it was a political report put out by Hillary Clinton and the DNC. They paid millions for it. They gave it to Christopher Steele. They paid millions and millions of dollars for it, and it was all fake. It was. No, I think fake. that obstruction no, charge is going to get to trial, Mr. President. I, I think that. Okay, if you do, and they ask you on on the stand, did you order anyone to move boxes? How will you answer? I'm not answering that question for you, but I'm totally covered under the law. Okay. If you read the Presidential Records Act. Just read it. You take a look at it. I'm totally covered under the law. It's a civil act. It's civil. Now, Biden had no civil act. The things he did are criminal. But the, he doesn't have a deranged person on his case. You know, they gave me deranged Jack Smith. <laughs> There's a major problem. Okay, let's first of all start. There's a major problem with Trump testifying at a trial because, and uh, and he is not doing this maliciously. It's just like who he is in a, in his DNA, the same way as Kevin has blonde hair. It's just, you know, the way you were created. Trump will exaggerate, not for malicious effect, that's what he does, right? It's just... It's just like when he's talking about the polls. Again, it's the elixir salesman step right up. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just who he is. He just will say things without thinking them through, which is fine if you're on The Apprentice or it's fine if you're in a political rally. It's all okay. It's part of the shtick. It's part of the spiel. It's part of let's go see the incredible King Kong talk politics. But if you do that in a court of law, you will have perjured yourself. Whether you meant to do it or had any ill intent or not, And I am very, very concerned that if Donald Trump takes the witness stand, he's going to start, rather than just answer the question, he's going to start interjecting opinions and everything else into the equation, and it is not going to end well. So really, I mean, look, 
I am of the school that if you are on trial for your life, which a man his age essentially is, then you should make the job of your attorney Mm -hmm. as easy as possible. And there's nothing you telling Hugh Hewitt is going to make his job easier. It's like Alec Baldwin doing that interview, right? Yeah. That interview was horrible for Alec Baldwin because it got him on the record of saying something that simply science says it appears could not have happened. Well, it's really similar to the Hunter Biden interview on Good Morning America where he was saying that he doesn't know why he was on the board of Burisma. He didn't have the skill to do that. That could come back and bite him in the butt. Or, okay, so there's that side to it. There's the other side, and I call it the animal house approach, which is remember an animal house at the end where they say they're debating, should we you know, storm the parade or whatever else? And they finally just go, they're going to get us no matter what, you know, what, else, we, what else we do. We, uh, oh, it's when they have the toga party. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what they say. Well, they're going to kick us off the campus no matter what else we do. We might as well go out with a bang. Mm-hmm. Well, if you're Trump and you're saying, well, they're going to convict me no matter what I do, I might as well just burn the thing to the ground and go out in, in style. And, okay, then I guess maybe. But man. It's a big difference, though, between a toga party and facing jail yeah, time. Yeah, it's a good, it's a big difference. Yeah, quite eloquent with the words there, Casey. It's a big a big uh, difference between Dean Warmer kicking off the campus and going to federal prison. Yeah. So there's a former director of information technology at uh, Mar-a-Lago who's not going to face any criminal charges because he is cooperating well, and this with is, Jack Smith. And this so is, uh, look, I mean. It, Trump employee number four is turning. Yeah, it's, it's uh, yikes. All right. There's more from this interview that we'll get to next hour. Uh, he about debating Meghan Markle. When I saw this, I was shocked because Rob put on the template claims he would love to debate Meghan. <laughs> Meghan? <laughs> Who, what Meghan? This can't be Meghan Markle. Yeah, it is. He talks about being briefed about UFOs and how people in the military believe in them. It was just the interview kind of took like a very weird turn. We'll play that later. But when we come back, uh, our old pal Jim Merritt will be with us. We've got to get all the dirt on uh, very rich professional errand boy Brad Chambers Mm -hmm. giving himself five million bucks. You've got the goon squad, Hupfer and and Marty and and Jen and all the good time fun gang. And will silence Suzanne find her voice? Yes, uh, with so much with the governor's race. Big drama. We'll talk about it. It's coming up with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Faded pictures in an old scrapbook. Faded pictures that somebody took. When you were hard 93 WIBC, it is the Kendall and Casey Show. I'm Rob Casey's here, and it is time to talk with a national treasure. <laughs> he spent 30 Thank years. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, oh, I thought you meant me. Me, me. He spent 30 years in the Indiana Senate, and he is the guy that knows Indiana politics and government like the back of his hand. The great, great Jim Merritt, how are you? I'm well. Good day. Now, we uh, recorded our very fabulous Someday Award-winning Statehouse Happenings podcast, which you can hear Sunday mornings on WIBC, just a little bit ago. And we were talking about how Brad Chambers, the uh, former professional errand boy for Governor Eric Holcomb and now running for governor, is very, very rich. 
pitch and is giving himself $5 million to start the process of being able to lord over the rest of society for the next four years. I wish I had more friends who could give themselves $5 million to play around and have fun. What sayeth you? I wish I had people give me $5 million. (laughs) (laughs) You might be living a different life today. (laughs) I'm very excited to see how Brad Chambers runs this governor campaign. And everybody will know him because he has $5 million, Casey. Yeah. And uh, he he had a good good start in politics, being chairman of the Indiana State Fair Commission, of which I served. And... and, uh, just recently resigned from being the Indiana Economic Development Corporation president. And there are a lot of announcements, Robert, a lot of announcements of jobs coming here. And and uh, and he and the governor span the world. Well, yes, and we wish, you know, uh, we mentioned State House Happenings once Holcomb was on a camel. It was too bad we didn't leave him there, but he, <laughs> he came home. Uh, so we pointed this out on the podcast. People will hear, wow, this guy's giving himself $5 million. He loves his state and his country so much that he's willing to give his own money to make bull. He fully intends to get that money back when he wins this primary, and the rich donors and lobbyists are going to pay him back. He's that, not hes not running a soup kitchen over here. That's exactly right. And, and uh, I've known Brad most of my life, and he started his own. He was a serial umpire entrepreneur he started his own business when he was in college his fraternity brother my brother so did i i didn't end up with five million dollars to run for governor you didn't do it right (laughs) apparently not i bought a radio station (laughs) brad has been a a, amazing success and uh and how he's taking that success and trying to run for office and we've seen this before where serial entrepreneurs have run and lost or won and uh it just all depends on how he introduces himself to this day of indiana and what issues and telling the story of Brad Chambers. He's got a great family. And um, with $5 million, he's got a chance. Mm-hmm. He seems right up your alley, Casey. He's a, a good looking older man with lots of money. With a big wallet. Yeah, he seems like he would be right in your alley. However, one thing that no amount of money can buy you, Jim, is that he is now attached at the hip to high tax Holcomb. And as Republican primary voters showed at the convention when they voted for that complete buffoon Diego Morales, they'll pick anybody over Holcomb. So how does he distance himself from high tax when his whole team is now made up of Holcomb people? Well, he can't. He can't. <laughs> and um, he it's his job to start out with a biography, and this is Brad Chambers, and I'm bringing jobs to Indiana. That's the issue that he's got to push. It also gives Lieutenant Governor Suzanne Crouch some re- room to reintroduce herself, to be herself, uh, because most of the people, this is going to be an insider's primary election, and, 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 and the conservative Indiana is going to come out. And that's and everybody has to pick their lanes, and and I don't know what lane uh, Brad's going to pick, but he's going to be uh, well funded to pick that lane to talk about what he believes the future of Indiana is, and and uh, money gives you that opportunity. Why would all of these establishment people put their weight behind Brad Chambers and not Suzanne Crouch? Like, what is the difference here? What made them say no to her and yes to him? Yeah, why do they hate women? <laughs> 
Well, is, is that it? No. What, what I think, you don't put $5 million of your own money if you haven't surveyed, if you haven't polled, if you don't know uh, what's actually going on in the state of Indiana. So they they know that, the, that there's so many people running that there's an opportunity there. There's a lane there. They polled. They they have they have done their investigation. They've leaned in, and they know there's opportunity there. But but why? This is what no one can answer for me. Is it is well known now? Crouch basically hates Holcomb, and Holcomb basically hates Crouch. Why? She was totally subservient to him for seven years. She carried the water. She was totally silent through all the stuff that he did. Why are they not joined at the hip, and why is he not? And nobody can answer what the deal is with these two, but clearly they don't like each other. Well, I, that, that's the unanswered. I don't think anybody can answer that question. And and uh, Suzanne has given her life and her soul mm-hmm. uh, to the Holcomb administration. She did a great job as lieutenant governor, health, agriculture, broadband, uh, tourism. She did an outstanding job as lieutenant governor. And, the, and, and But then when you go to an event and people say, you know, we're for Braun and these are these are Republican women. And, and, and why not? Why aren't you for Suzanne? Oh, because she worked with Holcomb. Mm. It, it's just a do. You know, it's just a, a very difficult path for Suzanne. She's doing her very best. But uh it's going to be uh, interesting to see how this all cracks out. Rob has mentioned quite a few times how she was subservient to Holcomb and did went along with, you know, she, she carried the water, she towed the party line. Yeah, she, she towed the know, line. There's no question yeah, about it. Yeah, she did the middle management thing. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think that there's going to come a point where she is going to be like many be- betrayed women and just to have this reaction <laughs> and come out and really voice her opinion, like really find her own voice and say, listen, this is me. Screw that guy. Well, we've, we've witnessed that in Did the that last that happen couple- to you, Casey? Have you done that? It seems like you were speaking from experience. <laughs> Go ahead, Jim. What do you think? <laughs> well, she did that with the income tax, eliminated the income tax. And, 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 and right now, she has to follow up and and uh, and insert how she's going to do this, and and to me, that's a new lease on life for her because the Holcomb administration never tried to do that. Now that lane is very difficult because if if the income tax was was uh, if we were able to eliminate the last thirty or forty years, we would have done it. And and it, it's it's very difficult to do. There's a committee that's looking at it here. I think if, if it were me, I would get in front of the results of that committee, of which they're not finished, and it'll take a couple of years. And I, I'm just not sure why the lieutenant governor didn't say, I'm going to cover the state with broadband. Uh, we're, uh, this it's is about jobs. Coming. It's jobs. It's something I've worked on. It's health care. And, and 100% of Indiana, anybody that wants broadband will have it by the time my, my term is up as yeah, governor. Yeah, but that's not sexy. No. No, no, but it's something that saying that, she that you're going to axe the tax. There's a ring to that, right? Whether it, she can make it happen or not. But you're 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 talking to local government who relies on social on on income tax as well, and you're talking to the Medicaid. You're talking to the education lobby that depends on the income tax. So she has selected a lane as very difficult to to uh, travel. Jim Merritt is our guest. Couple minutes left with him. You, you hit on a good point. 
her whole campaign has been Mayor so-and-so endorses Suzanne Crouch and County Councilor so-and-so endorses Suzanne Crouch. Well, she's basically, by because look, these people in local government, so many of them, they live for the money to come to local government. Don't get fooled by, they're a Republican. Don't matter. They spend just like Democrats. They're totally addicted to money. And she's going to honk a lot of those people off by taking away their money. Well, yeah, and that, that um, that's going to be really difficult road to hoe and and i'm i'm um it'll be quite interesting to see how all this happens and and you know curtis hill is smiling today because yeah. his lane is conservative mm-hmm. his lane is law and order and and no one's going to get into that lane and so uh, there are there are a lot of people out there all all the candidates six i think that uh they're going to be that are going to be all around Indiana, talking about the future of Indiana. It just all depends on what sticks. Okay, so we opened up the show at 9 o'clock with the topic of Mike Braun. Now he's um, introducing a bill that bans mask mandates everywhere. Is this his attempt to win this election in Indiana? Kind of like, I'll see your Curtis Hill no mask in Indiana, (laughs) and I'll raise you no mask anywhere. well, I didn't even know that he'd introduced that. Wow. Neither welcome, did he, welcome probably. To the show. Yeah. It, was, it was probably a staffer. Yes, he probably well, doesn't know either. It was him and J.D. Vance from Ohio, so uh, how well, much well, is he involved in that? Well, the thing is, and I've said on this program before, Senator Braun is a very good uh, U.S. senator. He's got one foot in Washington, D.C., and one foot in Indiana. And it's very difficult to run for—no one's really done it—run for uh, governor of the state of Indiana, which is a very local-oriented— state and and uh and be serving as a u.s senator and and uh it's going to tax him physically and and it's going to tax him financially and it's just going to be really interesting to see how he picks a lane and and um and I, I think that curtis hill made so much more of an impact on his mask mandate question that he was going to eliminate it because he had the experience in the attorney general's office that we all knew back then mm-hmm. and he's re, he's going to talk about that and it's going to be make so much more impact we gotta we gotta we gotta have suzanne on casey if she will agree to just blister holcomb for an hour i bet she would at this point at this point suzanne we know your people hear our voice on a daily basis if you agree to come on and blister holcomb she for needs an to reintroduce hour, herself we'll play a giant game of whack-a-mole we'll put our differences aside for one <laughs> One hour, and we will give you one hour of very valuable airtime to rip the hell out of Eric Hightax Holcomb. You know what? Before uh, Jim leaves, I want to ask him this question. Why are the Chambers people, or rather the Holcomb people, why are they getting behind somebody like Chambers instead of someone like Braun, who currently is a politician for this state? Mm -hmm. They see opportunity. They they know they grip, did they grip, did their homework. Say it, it's grip. They're looking for the grip. <laughs> they see their opportunity. They've done their homework, and um, there's a path. There's a lane, and uh, they think they can they can use the five million dollars to win the primary. <laughs> <laughs> hey, find them at Merit in the Morning. It's a very fabulous podcast. It's yes. on YouTube. It's on Facebook. And where can we find you on Twitter, Jim? Well, Jim underline Merit. There you go. Yes, <laughs> we have Mayor Collier from Lawrence this week. So uh, tune good. in. We love it. Merit in the Morning. Find it on YouTube and. Facebook. Casey, take us home. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. It's time to hear from you. Kendall and Casey present voicemails. Brought to you by QC Kinetics for non-surgical regenerative medicine treatments at 317-559-PAIN. Ah! 
I'm so sorry you have just reached my answering machine. Here we go. It is that portion of the program where we turn it over to you with your voicemails. The phone number, if you'd like to contribute, 317-684-8444. It is 1033 with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. We did the story yesterday mm-hmm. about the woman who went to the Golden Corral buffet yeah. and filmed herself on the TikTok. Yeah. And somehow was able to stay in the Golden Corral buffet for 12 (laughs) straight hours and eat the entire time without ever being charged for anything additional. So she paid the $12 for breakfast and then stayed, I believe it was from 8.30 to 8.30 and just filmed herself eating all day. And it sparked, we had Hammer come back in here because he is the buffet expert and that sparked a call from our old pal trucker john uh, because he is also familiar as a truck driver with a, a good buffet or two hey trucker john here uh, first deal about the lady at the golden corral i have done this before back in you know before covid you know um <clears throat> truck stop buffets were a big thing and there'd be times i'd be stuck over the road at the same truck stop for a whole weekend I'd go into the buffet in the morning, and I'd just sit there with my laptop and my phone and just hang out all day and eat all day on, you know, one payment of 10 bucks. It was great. In fact, one time when I was a kid, me and my mom went to this place called Smorgasport in uh, Virginia, and we stayed there all day. Yeah, I don't know. It was a memory thing. But, yeah, it's not un- um, It is uncommon, but, of course, at one point I reached 310 pounds. So maybe it wasn't a great idea. I'm not 300 anymore, just say, but it happens. Y'all have a good one. <laughs> I wonder as a trucker if he's ever had to eat out over the holiday. Like I know a lot of truckers, oh, yeah. you know, driving over Thanksgiving. Like has he ever done Cracker Barrel Thanksgiving dinner? You know, one of the things I really enjoyed when I spent part of my life uh, every couple weeks driving across the country to the Atlantic Ocean and back from Indiana was I would play little games with myself to try to pass the time. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting. um, And you don't you don't realize this at the time. and, And I'm sure because you have worked in many places across the country. But when you're doing something like driving across the country or in your case when you were moving from one market to the next as you're venturing and you're traveling into the kind of the unknown you're literally learning and you're developing the thoughts and beliefs and principles and everything else that will shape you for your entire life because when you drive that much Mm -hmm. and I was in my early 20s when I was doing this you have nothing but yourself. Right. And this was pre, hey, everyone has an iPhone and everything's on MP3. And so your entertainment is if you had a C- CDs or your whatever local radio stations you could pick up. And so I would I would play little games with myself to try to pass. It, was, it, was tw- it would be a 12-hour drive. And one of them was to try to, one, see how fast I could do it sometimes right. while obeying reasonable, applicable motor, motor standards. Sure. But- so I would I would try to see, you know, hey, could I beat it by two minutes this time? You know, so we're talking like sprinting to get your gas, sprinting back to the car, using the restroom only at, when it's absolutely necessary. The other thing I would do is I would try to um, 
find the cheapest gas and I would plot the course and see how cheap I could do the trip. The trip. And the other thing I really enjoyed when I wasn't pressed for time <laughs> was going into these various truck stops. Now, I'm not talking like a Flying J, which is some national brand mm-hmm. that everybody knows, but you will find these various places that would have either a restaurant inside or a restaurant connected to it mm-hmm. and see and watch the people interact in and around these sort of like local family type places and man these trucker guys they love their food yes they do (laughs) well it's got to keep them going right i it was uh probably coming up on a year ago i did an article about the best truck stops around indiana it's at wibc.com and something that i have found driving across the country and i know his call was about buffets but something that i've realized about driving across the country is uh right now you're never more than three songs away from a luke combs (laughs) song because he's all over the radio um he's he's kind He's a country guy. Um, So onlyinyourstate.com says that the best buffet in Indianapolis is The Journey. The who? The Journey. Is that like a local place somewhere? Yeah, yeah. it's here in Indianapolis. The Journey. Yeah. Ever been there, Kevin? Kevin loves to go out to eat. I don't think I've ever heard of that, but I would have guessed it would have been a Chinese buffet of some sort. You know, if you're looking for a great value, and Kev, you're very astute on this as an international traveler you enjoy the international cuisine the last of the great values really is at the all-you-can-eat chinese buffets at various institutions mm-hmm. across mm-hmm. central indiana yeah they even have donuts there yeah like crab rangoon is yeah. that what it's called those yes. things are pretty good that's not a donut a crab rangoon no, i'm just listing all the things they have there yeah. they got oh. donuts they got stir fry everything yeah uh all right uh you may have heard we mentioned it earlier uh, much, I mean, this really, it's really hard for me to square these two things up, Casey, because on one hand, we're told nobody listens to our show and we have no influence and nobody cares. But then on the other hand, we found out once again for the fourth year in a row, night with WIBC selling out in a matter of days. So that's mm-hmm. really weird that no one listens, but yet people are literally willing to pay money to see us in person. Mm-hmm. And one of our great super fan listeners, Drake, yeah. uh, called about that. Hey, Kendall and Casey, it's your boy Drake. Can you actually believe that the fourth annual WIBC sold out? Man, that is epic. I've been to all one, two, and three, and I'm about to be at the fourth one. I take a vacation day every year because this is the party. Ain't no party like a WIBC party. Anyways, uh, Kevin, when I see you, buddy, I'm going to buy you any drink you want. and Maybe, <laughs> just maybe, I'll be able to sneak in some homemade peanut butter and jelly moonshine. So, hope to see you all there. Looking forward to it. Cheerio. I think that's that's what I need to get through the uh, show. Drake, Drake bringing in the contraband. He Did you see he posted something on Twitter? Yes. Um, it was pretty pretty amazing. I reposted it if you want to check it out at Casey Daniels 317. We love Drake. Big fan. It's mutual. All right. So Hammer's going to join us mm-hmm. next. And they apparently interviewed the mayor of Beach Grove yesterday. And we don't do this very often. But somebody called, and I don't know why they called us, but they called us to leave a message for Hammer and Nigel about the interview they did with the mayor of Beach Grove yesterday. Okay. And uh, this guy was not happy. So we're going to extend the voicemails into the Hammer yes. segment. All right. He joins us next with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. 
on 93 WIBC. Jason Hammer from the number one rated Hammer and Nigel show joins us in the studio. Thank you. It's uh, I was very sad to see this because I made a lot of money off you. Uh, it's the end of an era. You have sold the last of your DJ equipment. Yes, I have retired from the wedding DJ game. Maybe I'll write a book one day yes. because, boy, I've got some stories. Um, but as a, I believe it was Murdahl said in Lethal Weapon, and I quote, <laughs> I'm too old for this bleep. And listen, <laughs> when I got to events that I would DJ, I'd turn it on, man. I'd hit the switch. We'd have a good time. We'd have some drinks. Yeah. We'd laugh. We'd get on the microphone. But there's so much more to it. And that grind, I'm just too old for it, it's man. It's pressure, too. It's pressure. Like, you don't want to screw up somebody's yeah. special day because they paid a lot of money for you. Yeah. And if my heart and my mind isn't in it anymore, it's time to get out. Yeah. And look, my all-time favorite memory of us doing weddings together, not that we were like Batman and Robin or any, anything, but I did do several with you. Was you remember the one in Brown County where the, <laughs> so this I mean this is this beautiful place in Brown County it's in the middle of nowhere very scenic and the dad so is the father of the bride right yes. just keeps coming up after every song going hey I bought you guys another shot oh <laughs> I'm trying I mean, we're talking home. like we're not talking like hey thirty minutes later it's like boom 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 and it, we're like. Dude, we're not even going to know our names. <laughs> Open bar, and that's what you got. Did you have to deal with a lot of bridezillas? Oh, yeah, and that's part of the reason why I'm done. Yeah? Like, bridezillas, drunken bridesmaids, rowdy, drunken frat guy groom, <laughs> spilling booze all over my gear. Like, I'm just at the age where I don't want to deal with that anymore. You know, <laughs> I just don't. Didn't you get into it with somebody who broke your microphone one time? Yeah. So <laughs> when you sign a contract, it's like, hey, if you break it, you buy it, basically, yeah, right. right? Well, you know, bridesmaid, you know, she's on the microphone, does the old drop the mic trick. Oh, no. You know, damages the microphone. I can still use it, but it's damaged. So, you know, end of the night, I go to the bride and it's like, hey, you guys are going to have to pay for this. Oh, yeah, fine, fine. You know, weeks go by. They start disputing it. I've got pictures of it damaged. And then uh, when they finally did agree to buy and replace the damaged microphone, they wanted the old one. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you did say you break it, you buy it. I guess. You know, so that's the kind of crap that I just don't want to deal with anymore. But great moments in wedding history like i thought this was the ultimate power move i was djing a wedding somewhere and father of the bride again fan of wibc Mm -hmm. comes up because i got something for you he gets out a glass right he starts putting ice into it he breaks out a bottle of the hammer and nigel show bourbon (laughs) i've been saving this for the wedding and we had a couple drinks of the uh the hammer and nigel show bourbon i have to imagine that hauling the equipment in and out is probably one of the worst parts that's it because i always tried to arrive like an hour ahead of time because I wanted to make sure in case there was a issue, I had time to fix it. Like a broken microphone. Right, exactly. So I'd get there an hour before, which meant, you know, I'm leaving my house, you know, 35, 40 minutes before that, and then you tear everything down, you come home. It's not just a wedding. It's like the three to four hours before and after that's such a grind. Yeah. uh, Any, uh, any, um, like, what what was the most requested song you had Probably line dance stuff. Like, you know, people wanted to do the line dances to get everything going. Like, and I always usually did that during every wedding. Uh, 
Cupid shuffle, the wobble, you know, cha-cha slide, things like and, that. And I can't stand this guy, but I got to give him credit. He was a heck of a heck of a DJ. He did a good job. Did you ever have any uh Chances to play a song like the mother, the the father daughter dance, where you thought, ah, that's just not a good song to choose, or were like, you ever like, if that's what they chose yeah. for their special dances, you know, they're paying me, so it's yeah. it's what they want. And like, if the bride and the father of the bride, the people that pay me, want to request a song, front of the line, yeah, even if I know it's going to be a total killer and just ruin the mood, <laughs> clear the dance floor. But man, I'm not going to miss missing photographers taking all the people outside yeah. during the party. Party, not going to miss the bridezillas and all that kind of crap. Rowdy frat bros. <laughs> yeah. Not going to miss that at all. Okay. I have to ask you a question because in full disclosure, while I am a regular listener of your show, I had to work uh, my second job yesterday. I did not get to hear this. So we buy some DJ gear. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've chosen the bartending path. There's no heavy lifting there. <laughs> also in a climate controlled environment at all times. Um, you had the mayor of Beach Grove on yesterday. Yes. Yes. And for some reason, this person called our show. I have no idea why. They called you guys to complain about something we did. Yes. <laughs> and even though you totally deserve to be complained about, they're not necessarily mad at you. They're mad at the mayor of Beach Grove. So I'll just play the phone call and then let you respond to it. How about that? Okay. All right. Here we go. Yeah. It's uh, Wednesday about 420. <laughs> and I was just listening to Hammer and Nigel. And they talked to the mayor of Beach Grove on the telephone and he uh, said he was a democrat because he wants police to pull people over after 11 o'clock p.m in beach grove i guess i have to educate that democrat mayor uh, this is america and we can draw drive anywhere we want to anytime we want to without fear of being pulled over that's socialism that's communism and that won't fly with me so you want to scan my license plate when it comes up i'm a taxpaying law-abiding citizen <laughs> you best leave me alone thanks okay so uh, what, what did i miss is that a pl- an actual plan by the mayor of beach grove no it's a little bit out of context so Dennis Buckley, who is the Democrat mayor of Beach Grove, yeah. was coming on, and what I love, he was ripping on the Democrats in Marion County. <laughs> like, if you're a Democrat politician and you want to rip on mirrors and hogshead, mm-hmm. you get bumped to the front of the line sure. at our show. And he was talking about, because he's a lifer in Beach Grove. I mean, he's been there. I went to school with his kids and so forth. Yeah. He has lived there forever. And his whole thing was... I want Beach Grove to get back to the way that it was before, to where you know police officers weren't afraid to pull yeah. somebody over if they thought you were a suspicious car mm-hmm. at eleven o'clock. You know they would pull you over if they thought you were a problem. They would pull you over. He wants the police to be a little tougher, but he also said he understands why they're not because of Ryan Mears, Joe Hogsett, the gruesome twosome. So that's basically what the conversation was. Okay, well I just thought I can absolutely not miss on playing this with you being in here and then i get a clarification on what happened and mm-hmm. okay it's yeah pretty reasonable. you could take a couple different things from that conversation yesterday it's a guy that you know wants things to be the way that they were nothing wrong with that nothing wrong with that sounds familiar and you know it's a democrat <laughs> ripping on hog and mirrors yeah and i'm good with that too now his examples may you know they get the headlines there was that fox 59 article beach grove mayor wants police to hit 
people in the head. You know, like, I don't think that's really what he meant. You know, when you listen to the context of his statement, he's not saying, you know, that station wagon at 11.05, pull it over and beat every one of them. That's that's not what he's saying. But, you know, it's kind of how it's being portrayed. Uh, football starts tonight. It does, man. And it's a tricky game tonight because of the Travis Kelsey factor. Like, the premier tight end, probably the best receiving threat Kansas City has, might not play tonight. Injured his knee in practice. So we're following that, but uh, Lions at the Chiefs tonight, happy that it's back. What's what's the spread on the game? Do you know? So it was at like six, but then the Kelsey news, I think, took it down to four. I think Mahomes is good enough. We were talking about this yesterday. Remember when Manning would have a different tight end it seemed like every two or three years and they were all great with Manning and then they'd go somewhere else and stink <laughs> I, like I feel like that's Mahomes you could just put you could put you or me or Kev out there and like all you gotta do is just go, go run to a spot and he'll throw the ball to you be in and the area true. right I will say this with Kelsey Kelsey is really good makes tough catches and you're gonna miss his blocking too because he's a physical dude he likes to fight i hate the lions though and you know why i hate mm. the lions because they've stunk my entire Four life years. yeah and now they were de- they weren't even good last year they were just decent and they were so mouthy lions fans were so <laughs> mouthy all off season oh this is our year we're this gonna is th- it. it's dude, always their year you were whatever they were were they eight and nine or how nine many thanksgiving eight? dinners have those <laughs> yes, horrible rock lions all ruined of them. yeah and now you still have jared goff as your quarterback Quarterback. You're still the Detroit Lions. I just, I hope the Chiefs beat them by a million points tonight. So I was talking with a friend about this the other day. The way some of these sports betting lines, point spreads work, is based off public perception. Yeah. And the public loves the Lions coach, Dan Campbell. You know, he's a tough guy. He's gritty. He was on hard knocks. You know, he's a fiery guy. He goes out there and practices and fights with the guys. And okay, but Patrick Mahomes... This isn't a joke to Patrick Mahomes. Honestly, between his idiot brother, his wife always giving him crap, his mom, (laughs) this is his escape. Yeah. Like, he's going to go out there and escape all that crap and just put on a show. Yeah, I would be inclined to take – I mean, four doesn't seem like a lot, but then again – Opening weekend in the NFL, historically, the dogs bark. The underdogs bark. Especially – now, keep this in mind for the Colts game. We're going to talk about this weekend – Divisional underdogs at home are like 66 and 44 the last couple of years. Yeah, but did they have the Colts roster? <laughs> well, but they're also getting five points. That's and true. Five points. Are we really convinced Jacksonville is five points better than anybody in the league? Okay, so that's super interesting because like Notre Dame is a seven and a half point favorite against North Carolina State this weekend. And on paper, I would say, wow, that sounds like a lot of points. But that's really just a touchdown and a two-point conversion. Don't we think Trevor Lawrence can beat this crappy-ass Colts team by a touchdown? Well, that's more than five. You'd think. But something about like a full season of prepare, because it's week one, right? And Steichen knew he was opening up with the Jags. Yeah, that's true. Started watching tape on Trevor Lawrence. And Trevor Lawrence last year didn't get going until the second half. So is Trevor Lawrence either somebody that's inconsistent, that starts the season like crap and gets better? Or did he turn a corner last year and he's going to come out and have a great year? We don't know. Okay, so you know how I am with money. I'm going to execute this tomorrow once you have the last opportunity to weigh in on this. But instead of losing my money week to week, I just plan on losing my money for the entire year. So I'm planning on betting on the Colts under six and a half wins for the season and the Bears 
over seven and a half wins for the season. What do you think? I like those, and I think you should also pick a Super Bowl champion. Yeah. Just in case those two both go off the rails by week 13. Yeah, something else to look forward to. Something else to look <laughs> forward to. And it's got to be somebody to. decent. It's not like me taking Harry Higgs in golf each week. It's got to be somebody that has an actual chance. Everybody's got plus money right now because yeah. it's hard to pick. Like, there's great value with the Bills and the Bengals right now. Good value with those guys. Notre Dame mm-hmm. could lose that game this weekend, couldn't they? They could. The season could be over. You know, the last three games that Notre Dame's quarterback has played against NC State. Because he came from Wake Forest, where they yeah. played NC State all the time. He's a handsome fellow, Are by you the talking way. about that 50-year-old guy? He is a, I mean, he's a, I mean, he's a, you, you're enamored with him, right? I mean, he's a good, a good look. He, he, he's not a college kid. You know who no. else is enamored with him? NC State. Six <laughs> interceptions in the last three games against Hartman. <laughs> He's got that full beard. I mean, he does not look like a college well, student. Well, because he's not. He's well, like he's like really he's saying. like my age. He's like fifty. Right? He's, he's like, like Scott Bakula. <laughs> he is necessary roughness. He's Scott Bakula. I think he's like two, almost three years older than the Colts' starting quarterback. <laughs> What's coming up this afternoon? You, Rob oh, Kendall, yes. Yes. you are going to come by and flip tables over and go off the rails. How exciting. <laughs> Thank you, Hammer. It is Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC.